When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I get to spend some time today with Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner, and I want to tell you how special it is today and how different it is today, because Terry is sitting about six feet from me right now in the studio, and it's... Did we do that at all in 2020? If we did, it had to be early on. Yeah, it had to be January or February of 2020 is the last time I've been here. Yeah, so. it's a good feeling. It is. To it's have nice somebody to in the studio, to have some energy, <laughs> the, the vibe of a live guest. Zoom just isn't quite the same, no. is it? No, it's, for good, it's good for radio, but it just doesn't uh, give the energy that this does. So thank you for coming in. We're going to get as much said as we possibly can here in the uh, 15 minutes that we have for Lincoln Live. Handgun permits, Terry. I'm amazed at the number of handgun permits that go through the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office. Okay, so just a little background. You know, the Nebraska legislature years ago, uh, I believe it was 1991, established the the, uh, handgun purchase permit process. So if anybody's going to go purchase a handgun, they have to have a permit issued by either the sheriff or the chief of police. And we issue those in Lancaster County, uh, and that permits good for three years. They go through a background check. Um, it, it is a good process that satisfies the federal requirements, and so um, it even works with long guns. And it makes the process much more streamlined. So we've been issuing those now for 20, 30 years now, um, handgun purchase permits, and uh, we, we track those on a, on a monthly and yearly basis. Um, it's It's kind of interesting that every time uh, any discussion in Congress comes up about firearms restrictions, the firearms purchase permits just take a jump. It's kind of a political barometer that you can follow and see when certain things happen, when certain people got elected, uh, it might prompt uh, a, a spike in handgun permit applications. So, it yeah, we're, we're doing, last year we did over 6,300 handgun permits or firearms permit applications. Um, This year we're on track to do about 3,500. Never having filled one of those forms out, is there a designation for an application for a concealed carry? No. Handgun? That's That's, an 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 entirely separate It's an entirely different procedure that the state patrol handles. Um, A lot of the same questions are on that form, but it's an entirely different process. Do you get the handgun permit first and then go to conceal carry or does it matter the order doesn't matter the order yeah your intention is to conceal carry so you can apply for it first and then apply for well if you already if you already own a handgun um you don't have to maintain the permit to keep your handgun so the permits for our handgun purchase permits are good for three years that just allows you to purchase or it does allow you to purchase Mm -hmm. And then if your permit expires and you've got your gun that you purchased legally with your handgun permit, you don't need to renew your permit just to possess it. I see. Okay. So, Do you need to renew a concealed carry permit? You do, yes. That rolls over every so often? Yeah, I'm thinking it's five years. Okay. 
All right. It's a little more extensive process. It requires fingerprint submission and some other kinds of things like that. But, uh, yeah, so. An amazing high number of handgun permits, though, go through your office to the point where you've had to make some logistical adjustments. You know, we had to, we added an employee just to handle handgun purchase permits. We had to do a physical reconfiguration of our office just because of the volume of people that were coming in to get permits. And this was a number of years ago, but it, it, uh, it holds true. Have the requirements for a handgun permit changed in the 20-some-odd no. or 30? It's no. the same form, same requirements, same standards? Correct. The, the only thing that changed uh, is when the city of Lincoln implemented some city ordinances about uh, number of D, D, DWI convictions, um, some of the misdemeanor uh, crimes of assault where you can't possess a handgun. Um, if you had... I think one or two marijuana convictions. You can't possess a, a firearm. So, so uh, criminal background. Exactly. Now that's not not the same thing for the city, but that's the only thing that really mm-hmm. has changed. All right, Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner here. The catalytic converter ordinance is in effect in the city. Mm-hmm. Does that spread out to the county? Well, sure. It helps us a lot because we don't have any salvage f- facilities outside of the city limits of Lincoln. So um, all of the catalytic converters that we have had stolen, have we've tracked some of them to Council Bluffs, but other scrap dealers. So, um, you know, they're probably bringing them into Lincoln. It, this will assist us, um, or at least maybe slow down and make people think, I've got to register, I've got to get a permit to sell catalytic converters. And I was talking with Assistant Chief Brian Jackson about this uh, and I liken it to the Sudafed restrictions that were enacted years ago. You need to make it available for legal purchase and legal use, just like catalytic converters. But you try to stem the illegal use of those of those products. And so um, that's what the, the city ordinance has attempted to do is to allow people to still possess a catalytic converter if it's in a legal manner, but to try to stem the theft of catalytic converters. But if I was stopped and I had a catalytic converter in the back, I don't know what good excuse I would <laughs> I would be able to offer to have a catalytic well, converter in the back of my car. Well, let's say you had kind of a junk vehicle that you were, you know, kind of parting out before you towed it to um, a salvage yard. Cut that thing off because it's worth yeah. quite a bit of money. Yeah. And, uh, for you know, so, um, you know, the good news is there are... So if you had a, a Ford at home and you had this catalytic converter, there are numbers on there that say, yeah, this is for a, a Toyota. This isn't for a Ford. And so, yeah, it's it's a process just to assist or deter people from stealing catalytic converters and to assist us in clearing those cases when the when it happens. And people who get them legitimately have nothing to worry about anyway. I believe Correct. it's a $5 permit. Yes. To get it. Sheriff Terry Wagner here. Let's go back to uh, October. This is the first chance I've had uh, in you in to talk about the, the sheriff's office uh, being accepted into the Active Bystander for Law Enforcement Project. It's known as ABLE. Yeah. I heard you explain it. I couldn't do it any better, so explain what ABLE does. Well, um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, Chief Deputy Ben Houchin had been at a training seminar, and they showcased the ABLE project. And it's been... It's been in the works for a number of years, way before any of the unrest that we had last year, and it is a uh, it's an it's a process to encourage officers when they recognize something that's not quite right, and that 
That can range from excessive force or it can range to unsafe procedures. Even though that person making that arrest maybe didn't shake down the prisoner well or didn't cuff them properly, it gives permission for the other officer to say, hey, wait a minute, we need to do this the proper way, not not shortcut. Same thing with excessive force. If you if an officer would see what they think is excessive force, you know, it, it gives them that permission. It encourages them to say, well, let's uh, take a breath. I'll take care of this. You you step back and take a breath and, uh, you know, maybe de-escalate or calm down. So, um, yeah, you have to apply to, to be part of the ABLE project. You have to guarantee certain things like training for your staff and command staff. And my training is next week. We have two employees who are trained as trainers within our office and then they will train the rest of our of our office in that procedure so it uh, it's just a, another tool to help people do their jobs more professionally i don't want this to be lost on people because so much has been said about the law enforcement community reviewing its policies and procedures as it interacts with the public mm-hmm. that relationship yes. but this is in office relationship right. this, yeah, this is, is internally deputy watching deputy officers watching officers it's in house yep. uh self monitoring you know i think if you look back at the george floyd case um you know you had a couple of young officers there with a very seasoned officer and i think they didn't feel they had that permission or that authority to to say oh let's Hang on here. What are we doing? You know, um, he's already incapacitated. You know, I think they could have. That's done a tough spot for a rookie to be in. It's somebody sir, young. It is. And law enforcement has this pecking the, order. So and the speak. university, the university that helped develop the Able Project, and I, I think it's George. Is it George Washington University or George Mason University? They uh, have studied the psychology behind younger officers or officers of a junior rank, kind of calling out their peers, whether they be more in seniority or more higher in rank. And so develop that process on how that how that can happen. Georgetown University Law yeah, Center. Georgetown. Came up with this. So I, I want you to understand this is going on in LSO, Lancaster County Sheriff's Office. They're being given permission to watch each other and yes. in, in a constructive manner, make the department, make the office a better, Correct. A better place. All right, that's the ABLE project. A fun one that I want to touch on, and I say fun only because the technology is just so mind-blowing, and that's the drone use. We've talked about it before, but it's been an application a number of times here recently. Uh, An individual makes his way into a house, gets up into the attic, and you deploy a drone. Talk about how that helped. Well, we've used this. You know, we have have two or three drones now. We have a larger one, like we're going to look in a field for either a missing person or a wanted person in a field or an outdoor area. It's a larger drone with longer flying time. We purchased a smaller drone that's more protected, so if you hit a wall, it doesn't crash. And so we've been able to deploy these smaller drones inside of a structure, inside of a house, uh, and and look for for people that are wanted. So in the case you're referencing, uh, this man was up in the attic of a house. We had we had good information that he was in the house and then once we searched the house and couldn't find him the only place left was the attic and so we sent the drone up in the attic and it's got pretty good optics on it and a light and we could see this man was up there and then we could negotiate and he eventually came down without incident you know we've used it a couple times in another situation same scenario a man's laying next to a bed with a gun 
And I think if the deputies had gone in to arrest him, it would have been a shootout. And um, this way, we could see on the drone he had a gun. We were able to negotiate, let him know we knew he had a gun, and kind of take take that uh, take that funder away from him, and he gave up. Just enough time to give you some props and congratulate you on a on an induction into the Sheriff's Hall of Fame. Nicely done. Oh, I was really honored. I, I tell you, it, uh, I didn't expect it, um, and uh, I was uh, presented with that. That induction at the uh, Nebraska Sheriff's Association Conference in October, um, it really was uh, an honor to be recognized for my lifetime of work. The bad part is the other inductees, Mario Herrera was one of them that was inducted. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've spent my whole life in law enforcement. He gave his life for law enforcement, and there's a huge difference there. And so they're much more deserving than I, but I'm really honored. And you and I last saw each other in person at the uh, memorial event yes. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. A couple uh, weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, it's a, that was an emotional event. Yeah. And boy, thank you for doing that. That was really, I appreciated uh, UM seeing that event. It was really well done. Um, I, I thank, you know, the community for supporting that mm-hmm. and helping fund it. And uh, it really is a nice addition to honor those uh those nine law enforcement officers who have died in the line of duty here in Lincoln Lancaster County. It's on the 10th Street side. It's on the east right. side of the Hall of Justice. It's backlit at yeah. night. You can see it. You've got benches there. You can. It's yeah. It's very nice. Very classy. Very classy. So simple but elegant. Yeah. Well, let's do this again. Let's. This will be great. Let's hope that the dial allows us to do this again to talk in person. Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner here with me on Lincoln Live.